0: Uh, Thank you, Jason. So from uh, your sister church, Springvale, welcome. We've even sent a missionary from our church to yours, Ryan. Ryan's the missionary. Um, (coughs) It's great to see Ryan and great that he found a place to call home. So uh, thank you for having me here. I really do think it's a privilege and honor to come and speak the word of God to you. So before I start, I'm going to ask you a question I want you to think about. And I want you to answer it to yourself, well, well, between you and God. Can you think of a situation where you were praying for God to answer a prayer and he didn't answer it, so you've basically given up praying about it? So maybe you're praying for a family member or a friend to receive Christ and open their heart and they are not interested and God doesn't seem to be opening their heart. Maybe you're praying for a spouse and you have been asking God to give you a spouse and there is no one on the horizon. Or maybe you're praying for a job or change of your job and nothing. You keep praying, God doesn't answer. Maybe you've been praying for abuse to stop and it hasn't been stopping. Maybe you're praying for your marriage to change because it's going downward, spiraling, and you've been praying for years and nothing seems to be changing. Maybe you've got a health issue that you've been praying, God, heal me, heal me, like the scriptures say. You've been to the elders maybe, even pray, they've prayed over you, and still nothing or somebody close to you that you're praying for. In fact, they may have died in spite of your prayers. And so when you were praying, you prayed earnestly, and you prayed for God to work in your life, and he hasn't. And so you've given up. So that's the first thing I want you to think about. Get a situation, and if you can't think of one, (laughs) ask God to show you, either because you've forgotten, or ask God to give you the grace, because you're going to find one in the future. The other thing I want you to think about is, how did you feel when you didn't get your answer to that prayer, when you were giving up? Did you feel angry at God, because you really needed him to come through, and he didn't come through? Did you feel like, well, maybe God isn't who I thought he was or who he says he is. Maybe these are just old thinking and wisdom from times gone past, but it really doesn't apply to today. And the God that I've been worshiping or been told to worship really isn't what people tell me he is. Maybe for some of you, you are in the beginning of deconstructing your faith because of that very event. Because it's thrown you. That you needed God to answer so much, and yet he didn't. So I want you to stand with me. Go ahead, and stand. <clears throat> and I would just like you to hold your hands out in front of you. You don't have to hold them like this. If you want to, go ahead. Uh, but just out in front of you, and I want you to bow your head with me in prayer. And now in your open hands... I want you to place as a symbol, just say, like you're placing that situation, that unanswered prayer, that crisis that you are in or have been through, and there was no answer, and just say, God, would you take this and teach me how to follow you? Would you help me deal with the pain I'm in? Would you grant me grace to understand what it is you're doing? And help me persevere with you. So I want you to be real with God right now. You're here to hear his word to your heart. And when we're not real, when we pretend like things aren't true in our life, then the word will not penetrate its hard soil. Soft soil, good soil is, God, this is true of my life. I don't understand it. I'm struggling with you. That's the heart God seeks and speaks to and hears him. So, Lord, you have heard the prayers of your people. My prayer is that you would bring truth and light and hope through your word. Amen. Thank you. Maybe may be seated. I want you to do that and think of that because I want you to understand the story of Jesus, uh, Luke chapter 18. And it starts here. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. What's the point of the story? Well, Ed, the point of the story is to pray and not give up. Oh, thank you. That's the point of the story. That's what scripture says to us. You're allowed to talk to me. If I ask you, well, if I ask you a question, go feel free to answer it. What's the point of the story? Pray and not give up. Not give up. So when you think of why would Jesus tell us to pray and not give up, why, what, what do we immediately imagine? If I pray and not give up, I'll get what I want. That's why Jesus is telling the story. This is the hack in how to get from God what I want. Just persevere and not give up. That's the underlying belief that we often carry with us when we hear about persevering in prayer. But it's not what Jesus taught. In fact... In a certain town, there was a judge who neither. Fe- so, two things about the judge. This is all we're told about. He didn't fear God, and he didn't care about what people thought. He didn't fear God, which means he didn't care what was right or wrong. He was going to do what he was going to do. And he didn't care about what people thought. In fact, he didn't care about people. He had this nice position, he had power. And he used it as ever, however he wanted. And then there was this certain widow. In comes the, the uh, problem to his life. Then there's this widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, "Grant me justice from my ad- against my adversary." So, um, in Jesus' day, widows, women in particular, have very little power. And so her only, as she's a widow, she doesn't have a husband to advocate for her. And so whatever happened, it's injustice. And she's, my only hope is that at least the judge would, would rule in my favor against my adversary. And so she keeps coming and coming and coming and coming, okay? She's in need, she can't answer her need, and so she goes to the one who could answer her need. For some time, this judge refused. I, I, I don't want to hear it. Tell that it, tell it, lady, go away. I, 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 I can't, I'm not interested in hearing. There's no reason for me to answer her. They could have been friends. They could have been powerful people. They could have been people he could care less about. I don't know. Whatever his reason was, we're not told. We're just told that he refused to answer her request. She's in need. I'm in need. I'm, I'm being uh, treated unjustly. Would you do something? Would you do something? Would you do something? I don't know how long it can hold out. Eh. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, second time we're told, doesn't care about what's right or wrong, doesn't care about people. Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. And she won't eventually come and attack. i got, I, got, I got to answer this prayer. This woman's driving me nuts. She keeps pestering me. I, I, I just, oh, for the sake of peace, I'm going to answer a prayer. And the Lord said, now Jesus said, now he tells that story, and now he's going to interpret it and watch closely what he says because it's not generally what we think when we read this story. Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not the God bring about justice for his chosen ones? What do we know about that judge? Doesn't care about what's right or wrong. Doesn't care about justice will not God bring about justice for his chosen one who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes and finds faith on the, will he find faith in the earth? So here's the story, the general interpretation, keep pestering God and you'll get what you want, right? That's Generally, what people think this teaches, pastor God, keep going and going and going until he says, man, I can't take this Jason anymore. He's just driving me nuts. In the, I've got the throne room with all the seraphim and cherubim, and then Jason keeps coming in and praying, and he's destroying everything, and so I'm just gonna answer. Let's close in prayer, because there's your answer. Now, does that seem like a teaching that Jesus would give just keep pestering God and you'll get what you want. You should be saying, I don't think you're ready to close in prayer yet, Ed, because that doesn't seem like it's Jesus-like. In fact, that would, be a good, that would be a good observation because Jesus compares the just God to the unjust judge. And so if that were the interpretation we should take from this, keep pestering God, to you get what you want? Then why does Jesus say God is entirely different than the unjust judge? What's that got to do with anything? Because he says, will he not, so it's a rhetorical question, will he not bring justice on the earth? And everybody there goes, yes, of course, because God is what? Just. He cares about what is right. And you are his chosen ones. You may not recognize that phrase. Do um, you recognize this one? My precious. You recognize that one? It's kind of along the same line, really. Uh, it's right out of Isaiah. And God says, you're being oppressed right now, but I am going to bless you because you are my chosen ones. My precious but not with that squeak, precious, not with that voice. He doesn't, God, God doesn't speak like that. Um, uh, you are my precious. It's a term of endearment. And so the unjust judge, what? Is he, does he love that widow? No, he could care less about her. But God says, you are my precious one. So here's this contrast. If, if this is what? Keep pestering and like the unjust judge, God will finally give you what you want. Well, the Jesus? Well, then why would Jesus say, well, but God's nothing like that judge. And then if that's the interpretation, why does Jesus say at the end, what does he mean, moreover, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Well, what's it got to do with anything? Maybe it's because the interpretation we give to this story, and even if we're not reading the story, we think naturally that if I just keep praying, God will give me what I want. Well, let me disabuse you of that thinking because it's neither Christian nor godly. And that's why Jesus, most of Jesus' stories require deeper thought. The, the answer is not always obvious when you first read the story. And so with this story. The contrasting of the judge with God or God with the judge is important here because remember, uh, Jesus said that God is just. That means he wants what is right, always wants what is right, always knows what is right, always does what is right. That was just, that's what justice is. Okay, say this with me. He always wants, right. he always knows, What's right. he always does. What's right. Okay, that's what justice is. Well, I didn't like the unjust judge. When I pray, And I get angry at God because he didn't answer. So I know you're not like this, but when God doesn't answer my prayers, I think he's done something wrong. Because it's so obvious what the right... Answer is what the right thing to do. That's what I was praying. I was praying and telling God what the right thing to do was, but He wasn't doing it. And it assumes when I pray, God, you need to do this for me, it assumes that what I'm saying is the right thing to do. Here's the problem I don't always want what is right, I don't always know what is right, and I don't always do what is right. Femi, you've prayed that this morning. Where'd you go, brother? Are your, there you are, brother, right at the back. You prayed that this morning. We don't always know, always want, always do what is right. But God is just. He always knows what, wants what is right, knows what is right, and does what is right. Always in your life. So if I pray something and it doesn't happen, it's not that God failed. Maybe I just didn't know what was right. It's hard to take sometimes. So my oldest son went out to BC for university. And at the end, uh, he, got, he got a girl pregnant. And so he has a little daughter coming. And uh, he went back out there to be with his daughter to see if anything could work out. I told him, don't marry that girl. Because two wrongs don't make a right. And so he came to that conclusion, yeah, this was not a good idea. We, this, this is a bad situation, but he has a daughter now. And so now he has a daughter with another woman who's not his wife, And they're trying to figure out custody. So I don't know, some of you may have been in a custody battle here, but it is a dogfight, especially when one doesn't want to let the other have any kind of custody of the child. And so for four years, Crystal and I and my son prayed and prayed and prayed. And what did we pray? God, give my son at least a level of custody, even 50% custody, because it's best, for uh, sociological studies have proven it, it is best for the father to be in the child's life. The best is to have the family together, but if that isn't happening, the best is that the father and the mother have time in the child's life. The lack of a father in a child's life is devastating to them as they get older. And so we were praying, God, 50% custody, give him custody, let him be a ball. He's moved all the way out there. He's on his own, be with him. And yet. For years, God wasn't answering that prayer. Every time they went to court, it seemed like she would never do what the court told her to do and nobody ever held her accountable for it. And so this battle went on for four years. And I was getting discouraged in my life because God wasn't doing the right thing. Well, right according to me. What changed is in year four, I realized my prayers changed from, God, you need to do this, to I am going to trust you regardless of what the outcome is. There's the difference. I don't necessarily know what is right. I'm not even sure if I knew what was right I'd want it. It all changed when I was willing to say to God, I'm going to trust you regardless of of what the outcome of this is. That you're good and that you know what is right and you'll do what is best. I think that's the, why Jesus refers to the justice of God. Because when we're praying for things like our family, our children to come back to the Lord, to have children when we can't have children, to find a spouse when we can't find a spouse, to get a break in our work, when we can't, in our career, when we can't get a break. And when God doesn't answer those prayers. We think somehow that he, uh, he's done something wrong. And Maybe faith means to trust God even though it's not going the way I think it should go. The second thing he says, he calls them their chosen ones. So if, if you know pestering God until He gives us what He wants is the interpretation of this story, well, then why does Jesus contrast the unjust judge with the Father by saying, showing that the Father loves His people? He loves you. Everything you're going through right now, He loves you. He loves you. He just loves you. You never were able to earn the love in the first place. And he chose to love us out of his character and goodness for us. And so right now, even though you're maybe you're not even following God, you're kind of going off the he still loves you. Now I can tell you, there's consequences to it. I've watched it happen in my life and my son's life, but it doesn't mean he stops loving you. And he'll always... He always wants what is best in your life. He always knows what is best in your life, and he always does what is best in your life. Just like the justice thing, the love thing's the same. He always wants what is best in your life. He always knows what is in your life, and he always does what is best in your life. Because that's what love does, and we know from scriptures that God is what? Love. But (laughs) when we want something so bad, it feels like God is holding out on us. It, yeah, yeah, it feels that way. It feels like God isn't listening, it feels like God isn't giving us what we want. And then we do things like blame ourselves. Well, maybe yeah, there's sin in my life and we go and we go blaming ourselves. I'm not good enough before God. We go down that route because Satan doesn't mind if you go down that route because it pulls you away from God. Or then we go down the other route, which is God, there's something wrong with God. He's not truly good. He's not truly loving. And you can't really trust him. And Satan doesn't mind you go down that route either because you're gonna be away from God. But what the scriptures say, is God is loving, that means he always wants what is best. He always uh, uh, knows what is best and he always does what is best. So that means faith says, even though I don't want what's happening in my life now, or I'm not getting what I want, God still loves me and I'm trusting his love. couple, I have four grandkids, as Jason said. A couple months ago, my youngest, his name's Baker. He lives in Minnesota. He was visiting I think his parents came with him, but all I remember was Baker. So (laughs) It's amazing how much you forget your kids when your grandkids come in. For some of you, you're just going to take that by faith. For others of you, you're shaking your head. Yeah, I get it. And so he's nine months old, and he gets... When we sit around our table, we have a round table in our house. Uh, My wife, Crystal, bought a round table because she wanted conversation to happen naturally and organically, and man, did that ever work. We got this round table and uh, we, we have three sons. And so uh, the growing up, and even when we come down, when you're in a round table, it's hard to have one-on-one conversations because you're, you're in the middle of it. And so there was a great conversations going on. And uh, Baker doesn't like to be put in a swing or in a chair and watch us eat. He gets fussy and starts whining. But if you hold him at the table, he's perfectly happy. Just wants to be at the table with everybody else. And so that's Papa's role, that when he's at my house, he sits on my knee, and uh, while we're eating and talking and laughing, he's a big part of it. But, you know, nine-month-old, they see something (laughs) if they're gonna grab it. And so uh, as I put him on my knee and was sitting there, he all of a sudden reached out and grabbed for a very sharp knife that was on the table. And so I immediately let him have it and play with it because I love him. (laughs) I give him everything he wants, right? Well, of course, I pulled him back and I pushed the knife away and then brought him back to the table. You should have seen how mad he got. Nine months old. I want that. My keeping the knife from him was not because I didn't love him. It's because I did love him. Now, he and all he could think about was knife. I want that. I want that. I want that. That's all he wanted. And he was mad when I didn't give it to him. But my love, because I love him, I would never give him a sharp knife. It'd be in his eye or in mine or somebody else's or in his ear or whatever it's going to be. And so, out of love, I said no. But see, he didn't understand because all he wanted was the knife. And some of you are wanting knives that will hurt you. And God is saying no, but you can't see it because all you want is that knife. And God says, no. No. Because I love you. And the shift of faith is, God, you're not good because you won't give me what I want. The shift that comes through faith is, God, I trust you even though you don't give me what I want. See the difference? Now, this is what leads to this final statement in this story where... Um, Jesus says like when I come will I find faith on the earth? now this makes sense because the journey from I want or this is the right thing to God I'll trust you is a long journey that only happens in prayer prayer it's prayer where God changes us from asking for what we want to becoming what he wants. Oh, that's <laughs> worth writing down, I'm telling you. It's, it's fantastic. Prayer is where God changes us from asking for what we want to becoming what he wants. Huh. The reason for God not answering your prayer and giving you what you want is because it's neither wise nor loving. And so the journey to get from self-centeredness where I determine what's right and best and good to where I trust God for what is best and right and good is a journey through prayer. And the harder it is, when you're praying for a child to come back to God, that is no small thing. And the consequences of that are eternal. And so when God's not answering it, it is a big step to go from God, why won't you answer me to God, I will trust you with my son or my daughter's life. When you want to have a child, but you can't have a child, and you've been praying and praying and praying and God isn't answering, it is a huge step to go to God, I will trust you and follow you even if you don't give me a child. How do you get from there to there? Prayer. Prayer. It's in prayer. It's when you're pouring your heart out to God and you're searching his word and you're coming to worship him and in this process of prayer over time, God, four years for me with my son. Four years until I got from, why aren't you doing what I'm asking you to till I trust you with my son and my granddaughter and their lives. Regardless if you do what I pray for. That is why we persevere in prayer. The persevering in prayer is important. Not because it gets you what you want, because it makes you who he wants you to be. Not because it gets you what you want, but because it makes you thankful for what he has given. And that heart change only happens when a person struggles with God in prayer. You stop praying, you're not making that journey. You're going to be stuck, and you're going to believe God isn't good. He He didn't do what was right, what was needed. I'm not sure I can trust him. That's where you'll be stuck. But you journey and persevere in prayer with faith in who God is, And then aligning your understanding and your thinking and your circumstances with God instead of trying to align God with your circumstances. You know the difference, right? God, here's my circumstances. Now you become and do what I want you to do versus God, here's my circumstances. This is who you are. I'm going to see my circumstances through you and then trust you for whatever that means. There's a big difference. And that journey is prayer. And so that's why Jesus said, hey, when I come back, because you're going to go through some difficult things if you're a follower of Jesus. Are you going to, is there going to be people trusting me? Or are you turning away? So um, a couple of months ago, talking to my oldest son, uh, after uh, Livy was, Livy's my granddaughter. After she was born, my oldest son, he he just uh kind of was trying to be. <laughs> present in her life as much as he can. Then eventually he met a girl and they got married. And they still went through, They were still in, that was in the middle of them going through the custody battle. Um, as of January, uh, he, my son was awarded 50% custody for uh, Livy. And so they have an arrangement that comes back and forth. And I was talking to my son and he said, you know, Dad, if God had given me 50% custody earlier, I don't know if my new marriage would have survived. He said, dumping a three- or four-year-old into a brand-new marriage, boy, that would be really hard. I don't know that we would have survived it. And then he said, which surprised me, and he said, you know, as I look at Livy, I think it was really important that the majority of her time was spent with her mom where she had security and she had stability and she wasn't always coming back and forth. She's ready for that now. But when she was one and two and three, I don't know that she was ready for that. Interesting, isn't it? After praying for four years for God to give us custody, my son says, yeah, that wasn't the right thing to pray. And I think God did what was best for her. Even though back here, I couldn't see that. Everything in me thought this was the right thing and a loving thing, not only for Livy, but for my son. And yet my son, five years later, goes, yeah, Dad, that wasn't the right thing, nor the loving thing. Do you know what what stands between that point and this point? Five years of prayer and a willingness to trust God. And everything changed. What I was sure of then, I know was wrong now. The only way you get there, the only way you're going to walk with God is to persevere in prayer, especially when what you desperately want is not happening. And remember, he's just, which means he always wants what is, he always knows what is, and he always does right. And he's loving. So that means he always wants what is best, He always knows what is, and he always does what is. Will you have faith? That's the question. Let's pray. Let's hold your hands back out again. And I don't know what God may have touched in your heart today. Maybe you, this is bringing new light on an old situation, and so God's going to take you back there and say, I want you to, redeem that situation and see it differently. Or you're in the middle of one of those things that you have just been longing for God to do in your life and he has not been answering. And this is causing a crisis of faith, which it should. But the question is, are you going to listen to your own feelings or are you going to listen to the scripture about what reality truly is, that God is just, he always 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 does what is right and he's loving he always always does what is best are you willing to believe that and then hold on to him through prayer until you get to the point where you rejoice in what god is doing in your life father i want to pray over your people today thank you for the privilege to share your word today thank you for the privilege to speak to those you love thank you for what you are doing in our lives, in our hearts, how you're growing us and making us new and transformed from within, seeing the world through the eyes of God rather than our own. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray for you to hover and to bring peace that passes all understanding, hope through this message that, well, maybe God does have an answer for me, even though this is so hard. And would you grant strength for those who are now going to attempt to persevere in prayer. May your people be strong in you, I pray. Amen.